0: Hi, James. Ben, how are you? Uh, I am. I'm okay. Uh, oh, I I, I wanted to, just so I don't forget. Um, we will not be recording next week. Actually, I'm just dropping this on you now.
1: Yeah, we won't be.
0: Okay. <laughs> yes, I, I'll be traveling, so um, huh, nice. I won't have I won't won't be able to. Anywhere make it exciting? Uh to your to your native land. Oh, oh, you're going to Australia? Yes. Uh, oh, cool. Unfortunately, I won't have uh, much time to uh, to to do some, to any to do any sightseeing or visit any mm. barbed wire fences. Um, yeah, I, I always I always found
1: that so tough. Or I find it tough when you get to go somewhere you really want to go, and you're doing it for work, and you don't get the chance to go out and see anything while you're there. It's it's like ah, oh, let me out.
0: I mean, it's awfully presumptuous that you presumed I really wanted to go. <laughs> Everyone wants to go to Australia. <laughs> it is true. It, it, it's been it's been on the bucket list for a while, and uh, I'm going to have like six hours of free time total. Oh, uh, Sydney or Melbourne? Sydney. Mm, okay. Well, have a safe trip. Well, thank you. Um, but yeah, that's going to make recording a podcast. Um, pretty much impossible. So, we have to make sure this is a good one that uh does not inspire too much angry feedback or else it's going to linger out there like uh I know, 2 weeks of
1: people being cross at us, that would that would be bad.
0: Yes. Um so uh so yeah, so this week we had the people being cross at us for apologizing, which was fun. Um, uh I uh, to be fair, I feel like people were... I don't
1: know. Like, if if we got if we got a bit of flack the week before last, there were a lot of folks who came out of the woodwork to say we really appreciate you arguing like the way you did, and it's a good way of getting to a good answer.
0: Yeah, no. Let's park this for just a moment, um, sure. uh, Because I actually think there's an interesting angle. Like i I don't want to like I don't want to spend too much time on on this notorious episode Mm -hmm. eighteen, but I think actually think there is an interesting angle in connection with. an article I wrote yesterday that that surprisingly I got fewer objections to than I expected. Um it is possible a lot of people were just disgusted and bothered to to send something to me, which is mm. concerning. Um but uh but yeah, I wrote about the kind of hot new social network uh Elo. Have you used it? Yes, I do. I, I got an invite of a, a few days ago. Um there's not there's not much to use um for one. Um okay. well, I mean the one you don't know who's on it's hard to know who's on there it's not really a find a friend sort of feature so I, I kind of know like who invited me um and and a couple other folks have found because I'm you know I have a predictable name, so people have have found me um and the other thing is i I don't when I'm sitting at my computer I don't really do social networking on my on my computer and mm. And it, it only it doesn't have a it doesn't have an app and the website. Like the website is like this three panel design that slides back and forth that actually interferes with the back swipe on a phone. So it's 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 kind of a uh. but honestly the big thing is there's there's just not much there. Um yeah. which is the case for any social network. Um at the stop. At the start. Right. So uh I think the the crux of my concern for Ello is um I don't see any way they're there ever is a critical mass of people there um because that's not their first order of concern like their first order of concern is to not have ads and the problem with that is you, it, it, whatever your controlling constraint is that that has impacts everything down the line and yeah. when it comes to social network the the primary the most important thing more important than anything else is your friends be on there. Social network is only mm. as good as the number of friends that you have on there. So as much as I love line, for example, as a, as a messaging app, I don't, I only use line with friends in Taiwan. for all my friends in America, it's mostly I message um, a couple, you know, a couple use WhatsApp. Mm. Uh, but that's because, and that's fine. I, I use, I use those, even though I don't like those apps as much, I find them frustrating to use. I use them because that's where my friends are. And the problem with having some sort of product that, isn't ad based in social networking is you're already putting yourself in the eight ball when it comes to acquiring users. How long did it take for Facebook before they turned on ads? Many years. Um, I, I don't remember the exact date, but I, I'm sure it was uh, several years down the road. And it was even longer before the ads, before they actually started like trying and like paying attention mm. to them. Um, and it was even more before they actually started making money. So, uh, but but I, it, the the founders of Apple kind of have this like manifesto. They're like, oh, all these all these services pull these big bait and switch on people. I, I don't think that's true. I mean, I think it was always obvious from the beginning that Facebook could monetize through ads. It's been obvious from the beginning that Twitter monetized through ads. Um, and and there's a there's a good reason that's the case. The reason is that these are businesses that need scale. The more people that are on them, the better they are. And the only way to get everyone on something is to have it be free and to have yeah. it be awesome. And, yeah. Which means that your number one priority has to be find a way to make it free and find a way to make it awesome. And in the case of Ello, it's free, but it's not awesome. And their business model is that it not be awesome, that you can pay to unlock the awesomeness over time. Well, and, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, I'm with you. And I'm I'm kind of sad that I'm with you because like, I'm one of these people that on multiple different levels doesn't like a lot of things about Facebook. I I don't like the way that effectively they're monetizing user data, but I, I at least in the long run I think you're absolutely right. I think Facebook was able to build up a pretty substantial user base without ads in the first instance and maybe Elo will be able to do the same, but in the long run it, for this to become sustainable it needs a business model and uh, given my kind of like, I don't like the, 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 there's a creepiness factor to Facebook that, that, and we can get into Atlas, I guess, but Atlas kind of only <laughs> underlines the creepiness factor along with the, the shadow pro- profiles and everything else. Like, I want something else to come along that's not based on selling my personal information to advertisers that's not, That's not that. That's not being run on an algorithm where the newsfeed is being populated fundamentally because I'm the product, and the advertisers are the customers. Like I want something else, but I can't help but agree. Unfortunately, that if you don't figure out a business model, there's no way of creating
0: something sustainable around it. Well, this is. I mean, this is the. This is why everything is about. Everything's about trade-offs. So we say this, I and mean, this is, might as well be a, th- a theme for the show. And I think the um, just to your point about Facebook growing without ads, Facebook was laser-focused on making the product awesome. Yeah. And that's why they grew. And the problem is, Elo's already said what their business model is. Their business model is to sell features, which by definition means the free product is not going to be as awesome as they can make it. So the the So I titled my piece uh consumer friendly business models kind of a, a play on word since my contention is gonna be that LO is not consumer friendly. And and what I mean by that is it's not their business model is is opposed to what their service is offering. Like they're in it's in mm-hmm. opposition. And yeah. and the reason I expected pushback and kind of deserve pushback is yes, from a privacy and data tracking perspective, it's absolutely better for consumers. It's much more friendly for consumers. But the question is like, what do you value more? Do you value a social network with nobody on it that doesn't track you? Right. Or do you value a social network that all your friends and family are on that does. And obviously it would be great if we could have both, but to your point, it's not at all, Clear or apparent by any stretch of the like and, and it's not like smart people aren't thinking about this how that could possibly be done, and that's not facebook's fault that's people's fault because people aren't willing to pay um for a service like facebook well
1: the the thing is as soon as you i mean the aim when you're trying to get some as It it, it, the Hawthorne effect, right? You need as many people connected as possible. The utility is tied to the number of people connect. Is it the Hawthorne effect? No, it's no, I'm um, getting it confused. What's the one It starts an
0: M? Um, it has to do with Metcalf, 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 Metcalf,
1: Metcalf's Metcalf's law, exactly. Sorry, Hawthorne effect is something else altogether, but you, the utility of the network is tied directly to how many people are on it, and if you add, uh, people if you charge people for that you add friction to them joining and like just by definition some people won't join and you limit the ultimate utility of the network so so at least at the start it needs to be free but even if you get to a terminal value where you have everyone signed up if you then put up a paywall you're going to lose people and you're going to again reduce the value of the network you're going to open the door for a competitor right and so i the The question is, is there a way of building something like this that doesn't require advertising and I mean I was i mean Wikipedia kind of makes me happy because it's this is like an example of a principled organization that's kind of built something where you know the business model. <laughs> Like they haven't put too much thought towards it, you know. It's like it's all it's all sponsored. It's not sponsored. It's all driven by donations and goodwill and people donating things. And I, like that was as close as I could get to thinking of like organizations, something that's like open where there's utility from lots of people in the network. But even still it doesn't have – it's the utility – it, it it doesn't even map directly to it, but it's just like an example of a company or an organization that's built something that's very valuable without necessarily relying on advertising, and it's the product is ultimately free. But I, like, it's not going to work here. I wish it did, but I just don't think it will.
0: Yeah. Well, the other thing is, um, there there are probably the the one counter example is some of the the like chat apps like wine and WeChat, which are very much social apps. Um, mm. You know, their their value is it corresponds to how many people have like, Oh, they, they monetize through stickers and things like that. And that's, that's true, but only about 20% of the revenue. Actually, the vast majority of the revenue comes from pay to play games, um, which have their own huge set of problems. Uh, yeah. Basically you're, you're, you know, kind of taking psychological advantage of, of, of a small amount of people, <laughs> And, and the fact is like they're in the long run are their values as a marketing tool as well. Like they're currently their marketing is focused on their own games, which is. And so basically because it's such a powerful marketing platform, we have direct access to the customer. You can push games to them and they'll take them up and then some people will get addicted and spend tons of money. Um, but. More broadly, that's that's something that you can sell to uh you can have sponsored or you can have sponsored channels or you can have branded channels where they they pay or they sell sticker sticker packs or and people it was what's nice about it is it's people give permission in this case to be to yeah. be reached out to. Um, but there certainly is a a a bit of a, a messiness factor. And I think I think it's something that's just inherent in anything. Yeah, that relies on on Metcalf's Law. Anything that needs network effects to be successful. The problem is you need to not just get on board the people who are willing to pay. You need to get on board the people who aren't willing to pay. And and it's a lowest common denominator thing. And and I, I mean it's nice that people keep trying this. Maybe someone will figure it out. But I mean, like app dot net now last year are charging people fifty dollars a year. Like there's there's a reason these things fiddle out, and doesn't have anything to do with the product. It has to do with a misaligned business model. Yeah, I mean, I gave them 50 bucks at the
1: start. Yeah, sort of like it's like, come on, guys, I want you to win. But I, even, I mean, deep down, I, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of knew what was gonna. I mean, fatalist me, I, fatalist us. I mean, you're saying the same thing about LO. You kind of. You know deep down what's going to happen as a result because you can just predict based on the business model. And if you put a if you put a paywall up at the start, I mean, I, good on them for trying. But if you introduce that friction at the start, I mean, Twitter hasn't. It's hard enough getting people to sign up and use Twitter in the first instance, let alone put put fifty dollars on the table before they even completely understand what they're getting themselves into. You know.
0: Yep. That wasn't very much fun. I wanted you to be more irritated at my article than, than I, you
1: were. I, I. I wanted. I want you to be wrong, but you. <laughs> I mean, you're because, but, but but not because I want you to be wrong, but because like I want there to be something other than Facebook. I want there. I don't want the world to exist about digitizing people's information and just selling them to av- Like we've talked about this. Like that's not the world I want to live in. But it's like that's. I feel like that's the status quo, the default path that we're being drawn down to.
0: Well, so I have a few, I have a few kind of uh, contentious, not contentious, um, a few opinions, a few opinions on that point that I, 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 I'm curious to get your take on. Okay. So, um, one is that I, I'm a little, I mean, I've used this before and I appreciate like the kind of rhetorical appeal of it, but I'm a little tired of the, you're not the, you're not the user, you're the product or what, what's the, how does the phrase go again? Yeah, you're not the customer, you're the product. Yes, yes. In, in in the case of these networks. And and basically the accompanied with the it's like assumed that the the experience is is they're ne- they don't care about your experience. They're gonna make it as crappy as possible. They're gonna make it, you know, as good for the advertisers as possible, and they're just gonna screw you over it at at every at every sense. I, I think that I think it overstates it. Like from a very narrow perspective perspective if you look exactly how the dollars and cents flow it, it is true like i'm not like it fits with what I'm just saying like uh the dollars come from the advertisers and the, what they're paying for is data about hmm. about the users right but I'm not as convinced that it's inevitable that the user experience is destroyed like i I would actually argue there's a a, a super strong incentive for a company like Facebook to make the product as great as possible. And the reason is not only do they need to make the product great to acquire and keep users, but they're, they themselves are introducing something that's, that's uh-huh. negative. So yeah. basically if you need a 10, a product that's a, it was, it was a scale out of 10, let's say you need an eight out of 10 product to keep win and keep enough customers. You need to yeah. so need a product that's an eight, but advertising is a negative three. So basically what you need to do is you need to make a product that's an 11, you know, to, to overcome the net effects of advertising. And you could actually, and because it's, if they lose users, it's just as deadly from a revenue perspective as if the users are paying them directly. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I completely agree with that. I
1: don't actually think it's necessarily going to be detrimental to the user experience using the product at all. And in fact, the, the case you've just mounted is exactly the case as to why they're going to continue to focus on developing a great user experience. I think it's it's not the user experience I'm worried about. It's the interests of the user that I'm worried about. So in terms of using the product, the specific use case of using a social network, I think Facebook will be can, will continue to be great. The point at the point at which the the departure happens is when Facebook is forced to prioritize the interests of the people paying money versus the interests of the people using the service, and that's the point. That tension, like it's it's following your business model argument back on Lo. It's like that's the point at which you start having the issues. So. I mean, I like Apple products because Apple is not incentivized to sell my user information and I have to pay more upfront as a result of that. They give me a great user experience, but I also feel like their, their business model is aligned with my interests as well, in part because they're, they're competing with Google where that distinction is different. They they want to give you a good user experience, but really the, their business model is similar to Facebook in terms of like... Yeah, they'll sell my information. They want to know what's going on in my email, so they can tell that to advertisers. Like that's where the tension, that's where the the conflict in priorities around the business model. That's where the problem lies, and that's where I think that statement lies: that you are you are not the customer, you are the product, and they're happy to keep you. They'll do whatever it's necessary to keep you round as the product. But don't be under any illusions that they have your best interests at heart, because they
0: don't. That's absolutely spot on. I love the way you put that, interest versus user experience. Because I mean, I think that's the angle to attack my article, too, is that I'm over-indexing on the user experience and, and not thinking about the interest. And uh, This is one of those cases where it would have been good to have talked to you before, before I wrote it, so I, um, so I could have stolen that point. Um <laughs> But thank you. Would it make you feel better or worse? Like, so Facebook and Google, and they all claim that no one, none of this is ever personally identifiable, right? That it's all, it's all disconnected from the actual, from the actual person. Um, and that anyway, you're, you're only ever targeting groups of people. You're not targeting like a specific like person. If you knew that that would Always be the case. Well, I think it's, they intended to always be the case, but you knew there would never be a breakdown in security. Like it would all like no one would ever be able to have a personally identifiable <laughs> dossier on there. Would, would you f- be more okay, okay if it? Like, is your concern that this, that this exists at all? Or is your concern that it gets out? Like what's, what's the, is or is it just, it just feels icky? I mean, uh, let's start with it feels
1: icky. I think if it exists, it risks getting out. Like the security of these companies has been compromised in the past. They, their interests, they might say that they they won't ever release it, but their interests are actually to let it get down to a level of granularity where they tell advertisers everything about every individual and maybe they make some nod to security and they delete your name or privacy and they delete your name but really like like the way they make money is by selling information about you and they will like their incentive is to to sell as much information as they possibly can and they'll only stop at the point at which they think they're going to lose users and I mean, despite all the outcries that happen whenever Facebook oversteps the mark around privacy, people don't seem to leave. So I think fundamentally that company believes it can get away with quite a lot. And then you know, it's just it's it's just a it's a it's almost like how to describe it like like it's a way of thinking inside the organisation. Things like Facebook Graph Search. I think we talked about this previously. Like there's a Tumblr called Actual Facebook Graph Searches where you can do some mighty scary stuff. Like there are examples of like search for people who live in China, who have relatives that, um that like Falun Gong or search in Iran for people who identify as men liking men, you know, the, 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 the the way that these organizations think like the the beliefs around the way the world works there should be more information out there like it's 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 good to have privacy settings that are permissive as the basis and it it just kind of scares me <laughs> You know, when they have this level of data, this level of information on people, like everything you've read, it's just that it's there, and that someone like the NSA could come along, or the government can come along and subpoena it. And like, I, I just don't think it should happen in the first place.
0: Well, you, then you should get a lot more concerned. Um, I think uh, people aren't don't really understand uh, the product that Facebook announced this week um atlas. which is atlas. So I wrote about this in my daily update um and uh basically the 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 what most people are reporting is that atlas lets you target facebook users off of facebook. And that's true but that's by far the least interesting thing about this announcement which which by the way that's a big deal which should, that that should let you understand like what a what a potentially significant announcement this is. I mean that's going off to Google, right? Well, yeah, yeah. Double click in in particular. So, so there's a there's a there's a big problem in in targeting people these days. Is back in the days when it was just using the browser, basically they would track a browser like through a cookie, and all the sites you went to would build a profile and and all that. You know, that's why you go to Amazon, you looked at an item, and you'd see an ad for that item at another web page. Like all all this was all this was tied together is tied together with cookies the problem is um cookies don't work on mobile very well because you're in apps and there's no you can't share cookies between between apps uh the other thing is you know cookies are limited to the browser like if you if i go to home depot um like the only cookie there is the one that i buy at like the convenience <laughs> stand or whatever um so what facebook the what facebook is proposing with atlas and is instead of wrapping up uh, the identity of a target in a cookie, you wrap it up around their actual identity, like their actual user profile, their name, which is the center of Facebook. It's people's identities. It's their it's their names, and this way, when you interact with apps that are tied in with Facebook, whether it be whatever methods it be, whether through login or or through buttons, I, I'm, I'm um in whichever ones there they turn on, um. That lets you, and then that person obviously through the Facebook app, they have the 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 advertising identification number. Like every phone has an has an identification number. Like both of them have moved away from hardware numbers, but to an operating system provided number that you can reset on on your phone. Um, and so the apps will use that. The ad networks will use that. And so now they can track you. They can track you across apps, and they're tracking you across apps, and it's tied to your actual name. It's not tied to your browser. So now it's already like, this is better for marketers. because so you can track people more easily. It's already, it's more creepy though, because it's not just a cookie. It's you that these are being tied to. So that's Atlas step one. Atlas step two is when you do go to home Depot and you use your loyalty card or you use your credit card, uh, that's data that about what you bought and this data has been tracked and been collected for a, a few decades now. Like, this isn't a new thing. Like, that you worry about shadow profiles, James. There are massive shadow profiles of you about all your purchases. All this stuff is tied together. Like, all you these grocery stores, they're not running their little one person, like, data, like, loyalty card things. Like, they, there are companies that manage loyalty programs for tens of thousands thousands of stores and they're all tied together and they make deals with each other and they sell data back and forth. And Oh, by the way, Facebook made deals with the four biggest back in 2013, the first quarter of 2013, hardly anyone made a big deal out of it. What Facebook is supposed to do in those, those are all based on the person. Like they're not based on a cookie. They're ba- they've always been based on a person. So now Facebook has, we have people based tracking online, and we can partner with these people doing people based tracking offline. We can build a product where marketers can actually see and draw a connection between an advertisement seen online to a purchase made at Home Depot where there's no electronics involved beyond a credit card. Yeah. So what's compelling from like a shareholder perspective is the way to make money, more money in ads is not to have more ads, right? That's how you end up like Yahoo. The way you yeah. make money is by having more effective and better targeted ads where you're getting more bang for your buck. And that's why Facebook can charge – like Facebook can get like four or five bucks for one of those in-app app install ads because they're so effective. And that's what Atlas is all about. It's, it's
1: getting – Dangerously close to feeling like we're all about to star in our own private Truman shows, isn't it?
0: Well, here's the thing, though, and this is this is the thing that I, I get a little—I uh, don't know, like why, maybe why I get less upset about Facebook is because I've I've known about this offline tracking for a long time. Like, what? Why is it that wh- like? The, there's these you you talk about shadow profiles. We've had shadow profiles for a long time, and they've been very detailed. And they're, but you you have written
1: about this previously, and you wrote about it in a wonderful post in about the NSA about removing friction. And what this is is it's not that it's it's not that this is anything new. It's that the way it's starting to come about is that it's going to be so ridiculously easy to like piece together any one person's life across like it's almost i mean we're not at the point quite where there's a camera watching everything we do but in terms of (laughs) so much of what what happens in our life decisions we make where we go like who we that they're tracking Every conversation that they're like on a lot of phones, they have background location data turned on. So they see where you are, they see photos, they see who you're with, they have your entire social graph. Now they have your entire offline spending history, loyalty card programs, everything that goes over your credit card. I mean, it's it's kind of getting I mean, there are a whole bunch of Wi-Fi access points that they're putting up around Silicon Valley. I don't know if that program's rolling out more widely. And I'm assuming that they're providing those so they can see everything that I'm browsing. Like it's getting to the point where what don't they know about me? And given it's all collected in one place tied to my name, the friction involved in terms of like being able to sell that or someone Them making a like there being a security mistake or or some malicious person inside of Facebook wanting to track down an individual like a jilted ex lover or or the government deciding to come along and that that you're posing a problem and they want to find out more about you like the friction it's it's going to be a friction free experience to find out everything about your life.
0: So not to retread. a past episode, but like what 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 to do about it i mean like the the issue is um you made the point like Facebook is incentivized to get better and better at this um, I mean, the flip side of it, right, and I've wondered about
1: this a little bit, but privacy is going to start to become a luxury good, and i I wonder whether there aren't people that start building businesses around trying to obfuscate doing this. So, I mean, I think like you, I tend to use like, I love my, I love, I'm I'm fully bought into Apple on a lot of fronts, right? Like, and I like it not just because they deliver a great experience, but because I also feel they have my interests at heart and well, not that my interests at heart, they probably don't give a shit about what James Orworth thinks, but they they have the interests are more aligned to the users. They're not aligned to the advertisers. Like, and so I'll do that and and there are a range of other other products and services that I use, so I, I will try and use American Express everywhere I go, like they have a great loyalty program. I like wonder whether there isn't going to there isn't scope for a whole bunch of organizations to start saying, "You know what? like not just is this a premium product, but we know that people in, in uh, th- that there are there's a demographic of people who don't like the idea of this, and we are going to start to cater to them. Um, and, and it starts becoming a marketable thing that you can kind of, you spend a little bit more and you opt out of being part of this whole thing. I mean, and I would probably do it. Like if there was, if there are ways of, I mean- if there if there were a whole bunch of services or whatever like if there were two services and one was a bit more expensive but I didn't feel like my whole data was like all my data is going to get sent to to everybody I would use the one that's a little bit more expensive. I refuse to log into applications using Facebook Connect. I will give them I will give them a dummy email address so they can't easily data match me. Like it I actually don't like the idea that this is happening and I will pay more as a result to avoid it.
0: Well, I mean, we're we're at the risk, I think, of repeating ourselves. Um, Well, first off, I think this is certainly a a Microsoft, you know, like I said, the Microsoft opportunity to offer you know premium services. Um, To you know, the the reality is that's not an answer for Facebook because there isn't a Facebook alternative that we just talked about at the beginning that works on a for pay basis. Um, to me this especially yeah. when it comes to like facebook it's either delete your like delete your account or 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 not and the whole shadow profile thing like that's deleting your account doesn't even work <laughs> well i mean it, it 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 makes it a lot it makes it a lot tougher and you can like cuz especially once you get rid of a lot of the demographic information like you're building a you're building a profile but it's it's much less exact than it would be it would be otherwise um and but I, and then as far as the the pain for it i think the you know the the very fair question is like there's there's is that is it is there an equality question here like is it why is it that rich people mm. get to have privacy but but other people don't no i mean i, I think i i totally agree with you but
1: i uh, i would i would probably observe and i don't really think it's a counter to your point but this is probably something that uh, tends to be that rich people care about it more than than people who aren't rich, um, for better or for worse. I'm, I, I and again, it's not to counter your point, but like the people who I see complaining about privacy tend to fall in that demographic. Um, but it's something that it's something that needs to be more broadly addressed. I you asked me my opinion about all this, but I never got to ask you your opinion of it. I mean, you say you are not too bothered of it, but the idea that's that there is almost going to be an entire there's going to be this perfect picture of you built up that that could be like could be sold to like does I mean, it doesn't bother you you're just at you like you're at the point of like you resigned fatalistic about it
0: uh pretty fatalistic um to be to be perfectly honest like I feel like the conversation needs to be changed somehow, but I just I haven't quite figured out why. So the reason I've been thinking about this is uh, I wrote a thing about Uber last week because we didn't talk about um, we've talked about Uber plenty, um, mm. but basically saying that expressing my frustration with with the left, the American left in particular. Um, again, that's a pretty broad stroke. So if it doesn't apply to you, but you identify that way, I apologize. I'm just using it as shorthand. Um, basically saying, like, when when did the left uh, stop having society a societal provided safety net via government as the goal and start focusing on private companies? Um, like, it, it just seems yeah. odd, like it, the whole conversation is self defeating. Like, if your if your whole conversation that Uber ought to take better better care of their drivers that that's that's like assuming tremendous inefficiencies from the start like are you yeah. going to negotiate with every company in the in the, in the nation on a on a case by case basis like the way to give drivers power over uber is to let drivers have the freedom to walk off the job knowing that their family's not going to go bankrupt right because there's a there's some sort of social safety net and that that gives you a lot more power versus your employer versus knowing you need this job and like you can't afford you can't afford to give it up and so, basically, my, my my frustration is this whole uh, this whole conversation. In my opinion, is self defeating. Like, we need to shift the whole fundamental base of the conversation to being about something else that that will have the side effect of fixing this problem. Like, I, there's no question that Uber treats their drivers like crap. Um, but the I think the way to fix it is not to. You're, Go after Uber. It's like to look at the system and fix the system. Exactly, exactly. And yes, I know that's not going to happen in the next few months. It will happen over years or decades. But that's the approach. That's the approach the right took in the 60s and 70s. Right, like they they wanted to change the fundamental basis of the conversation about the role of government, society, and they succeeded to an amazing degree. But it took like decades. Um, similarly, here I, I feel like. We're in a very unsatisfying place when it comes to privacy. Like we have this fundamental problem where uh, some services, particularly, like yes, for services that are f- that where a for-pay option makes sense, like paying Microsoft for email or paying any number of email providers instead of pay- instead of going to Gmail for free, um, that's great. That, that I think that's a great solution to the problem. Yes, it's unfortunate that it favors the rich in some ways, but I think it's the neatest solution. Um, when it comes to things like like search or social networks that need to be free for reasons of product quality, but at the same time are that much more dangerous when it comes to I- identity and privacy, what I'm trying, what I'm struggling with, what I'm trying to work through in my in my head is like just straight up, I'm not sure that just legislating it would do anything or depending on Facebook's good graces would do anything. Like wh- yeah, I mean, what's the angle let's here? Let's not
1: do that. Well, I, I think to go back to a concept that you've, um, you've uh, favored heavily in the past that I think would be a really good start is, is transparency. And, there, there may be something around okay uh, you're allowed company X company Y whoever you are you're able to sell this data to advertisers but any individual user who logs on to your services you have to give them uh, you have to you have to display to them the full extent of their knowledge about you um, and so if you if you logged onto Facebook and you saw that it had all your purchase history. It had all your location information. It was. It was. I mean, like all these various things. I wonder whether you would be more or less inclined to do it. Maybe that. Maybe. Maybe you do log into Facebook and you already see all that stuff. It's just presented in a way that you find compelling as opposed to creepy. I'm not sure, but may, I, I think transparency would be a, a good first step.
0: Well, Facebook does that. If you go log well, into Facebook right now, there will be an ad right, right at the top uh in your timeline and mm. you click the little drop down, it will tell you why you see that ad. Like what what it'll it'll explain like how they got that from your information. And and then with a link to to change or edit or or delete or delete that that information
1: Yeah, I they 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 you absolutely do. I mean I don't know like if if there was some way of getting the viewer view of you that uh, I don't know. You're right. I, maybe it's not even transparency. I was like, if you were to log into this and 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 see all the data it has on you and what it's selling of this data to advertisers, like maybe that would be maybe that would be a starting point. But you're right; it's probably not enough. Like I, the other thing that I'm playing around with in my head is like whether you whether you couldn't buy your privacy back from these companies. So obviously, it's worth something to advertisers, but I wonder if there's like some amount that, okay, we'll not, we'll not put you in the advertising pool if you pay this amount of
0: money. That, that's that's an, A lot of people always suggest that and it's a total non-starter. And the reason is, um, one, you're almost certainly not going to be willing to pay whatever you're worth. Um, I wonder how much one of us is worth. Well, I know for Google, it's like $45 or $50 or something like that. Um, a year, a month? Uh, I think it's a year. Uh, which, of course, I mean, you and I be willing to pay, but a lot of people wouldn't. Um, but isn't that isn't that what we're talking? Well, about? well, just a like- second. Well, the problem, but the problem is, the people who are most willing to pay are probably worth way more than that. That's the average price per user. But the ones that advertisers want to reach are the ones who are willing to spend, who are willing to pay. And almost, it's a very kind of a self-selection, like the most attractive. There's a, there's a very high overlap between the people who are willing to pay that and the mm. people that advertisers want to reach. Right, uh, And that's the biggest problem, actually, is it, you're self-selecting the most attractive advertising targets out of the advertising pool.
1: That's interesting, though, right? Like, I, I mean, it'd be an interesting. It would be interesting to know, like, at the level of an individual, how much. So they probably have a, a lifetime value for the average customer, but I wonder whether they have like a lifetime value on an individual customer basis, and whether it's uh, it's something that they would be willing to throw up and say, you know what, if you want, if you want to opt out of ads. Uh, if you want to opt out of, uh, well, we'll, we won't track you. We won't do any of this stuff, pay this amount. And it all goes away. You
0: no, know, but, I, but th- there's a part three though, is there's a scale issue, right? The, the more people that you can reach on any given platform or through any given tool, the more attractive, the more attractive it is. So like, I mean, there's, there's just, there's no, the only there's no incentive for mm-hmm. uh, Google or Facebook to do this. Like it's, it's self-defeating and like, realistically to even make it monetarily worthwhile, it would have to be a value that's actually probably far beyond whatever you Mm. earn in a year. Just, and not just that, but all the complications of managing it and tracking it and and all that sort of stuff. It's, 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 it's a nice idea, but in reality, it's a total non-starter. Yeah, no, you're right. I
1: mean, I, (laughs) there are some of these problems like, I, I go downstairs, well, I, I come home every day and I open my letterbox. And much more so than in Australia, every day I have to sift through piles of junk mail to try and find out whether any actual real mail has been delivered by the US Postal Service. And I think about the amount of wasted resources, like uh, just in general, humani- the amount, like from cutting down the trees to running the ink to all the CO2 of moving it around to me getting. The hell annoyed out of me having to sift through all this stuff because I don't want it and I never read it. Like, like it just makes no sense. But the, it's like, it's a Gaudian knot of a problem because there's no incentives for anyone to stop it, even though I don't, I really wish it didn't happen. And I'm sure there's some website where. In fact, I know there's some website where if you go online and you click through every company that delivers advertising mail to your letterbox, they'll stop delivering it to you. But I'm like, Well, I don't want it, but I'm not willing to click every company in America that's sending me advertising mail. It's just and it it feels a similar I mean I don't know. It, that's just that's a frustration of mine as well. And I, I just feel like it, there's no easy answer to that one and there's no easy answer to this one either because these companies need to make money and they need to make money at scale. And the advertising model scales amazingly well and I just don't know any others that scale anywhere nearly as well. If I
0: can play a bit of devil's Go advocate here. No, Ben, no. <laughs> of course why are we so uh, upset about what is it about advertising that's so upsetting? And I, I the re what, I, what I'm driving at is uh, I think a, a challenge with this discussion is my, my impression is I'm mean, stuff like you're sifting through your junk mail, obvious, obvious case. Um, but I kind of feel like for a lot of people, the very presence of ads period is objectionable. Uh, and I'm not sure that that's, would you agree with that? Like, are ads, period, a bad thing? That's, uh,
1: I've been places where, I I, I don't know if there's quote unquote a bad thing, but I've been places in the world where there's no advertising and it's amazing how noticeable it is. Um, uh, uh, That being said, like, advertising pays for lots of stuff, you know, like lots of stuff that wouldn't otherwise occur. So it's, I I mean, I'd be happier if the world existed without them, but I also recognize that they're kind of necessary on some sense. I think that the pain, there's pain associated with sifting through junk mail. There's pain associated with picking up the phone and it's a telemarketer. I, I, in some, on some level, actually highly targeted ads, um, on websites like those are actually an improvement based on where we've come from it's not i guess it's not so much the ads that i object to it's the 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 dangers associated with building up this incredibly incredible like it's like having Like it's, we're not, we're not getting far from having a camera on our shoulder, watching everything we do, watching every message we type, every conversation we have. And that I, I, that I find objectionable and I am concerned about the risks associated with walking down that path.
0: Okay. So what's interesting though, is you just, um, Mm -hmm. approached this question that, well, things need to be paid for. Mm -hmm. Um, which is like your focus is on wherever the place is accepting the ad. But the thing about advertising is advertising, like, it's about the company actually placing the advertisement as well. Like, how, like, if a new product wants to make people aware of it, um, yes, being spread virally is nice. But the reality is, even then, like, we talked about the BuzzFeed episode, like, I had a you were right. I was wrong. That they plant advertisements to get stuff started, right? Like, advertising is is just another name for uh, getting a message out. And it's striking to think about where is there no advertising, or where was there no advertising? Because these places are disappearing. There was no advertising in communist countries. Right, like, and Uh, and I'm not saying like to be to be against advertising is to be anti-communist. I'm saying that I think that advertising and the having a vehicle for people who sell products to communicate to potential customers about those products is a pretty core feature of of capitalism. And um, there are people who are anti-capitalism and are also anti-advertising. That's fine. It's it's an intellectually honest position that I can respect. Mm -hmm. I do think it's a lot more difficult to be generally pro capitalism, but to be ardently anti ads. Again, some ads are terrible. That's fine. Like I'm I'm not, I'm, I'm painting purposely with a broad brush here. It feels like it's, there's a reason why we call it like the least bad system because there are. Yeah, I know you're absolutely right. I, I guess
1: the, the, I think so it's interesting because even just in having this conversation, I think the objection to advertising in the past is different to the objection that I have to advertising now. Advertising in the past, it was, it was interruption based. It was you were doing something and. And or you were you were somewhere and it was like a very bro- like you're collecting the mail and someone shoved a whole lot of stuff into your letterbox or you, you're you're sitting down for dinner and some telemarketer calls you up like like that kind of thing it's more interruption based and to be fair to advertising and and what we're talking about on Facebook like the more targeted stuff that's in a web page. I mean like it's 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 less interruption based I mean and we've had the conversation around like trying to pass off sponsored content as the real thing or whatever put that aside like in terms of its nuisance factor its interruption factor it's actually it's actually getting better as we as as digital continues I think my objection now is more around what we've been talking about on this episode which is the 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 idea that there's this perfect digital replica of you up for sale to the highest bidder like that that's kind of concerning and uh, you're right like things have to be paid for um I, there, there is still, I mean, and there is. We, we've touched also on the capitalism thing and this idea that the only way things can be paid for is, sell, is like by you going out and buying more stuff. And I'm sure on some level, there's something about that that I, doesn't sit perfectly well with me. But again, you're right; it's the least
0: bad of all the systems we have. Um, well, I, I mean, I know, I know we have listeners who, who disagree with that, but. Um yeah, again, it's not just paying for stuff. Yeah, it's. I mean, if you work in a startup, don't you want people to know about your product? Like, who who not jump at the opportunity if someone said, "Oh, we're going to give you a million dollars to run ads"? It has to be used for running ads. Like, is anyone going to say, "No, I that's that's not interesting to me"? Um, you know, what if Lo like what if Lo actually had an unlimited ad budget? Ad budget to like get out there and tell people that that privacy is important and this is what we're based around. You should really give, give us a try or what about the fact that Apple, like we talked about last week, wouldn't it be great if Apple actually put significant marketing budget behind pushing the privacy angle and that if they benefited and Microsoft also benefited um, like all this, all this sort of stuff is, is, you know, it, it's very much interconnected and, uh, it goes back, all this is tied together, it goes back to the end of scarcity, right? Like, there is no scarce place to put ads, which means the way to increase the value of ads is not to have more ad space, you know, like it was. Like, when in broadcast TV, there just weren't many places to put ads. When newspapers right. have monopolies, there weren't many places to put ads. So you could charge high prices. Now there's a gazillion places to put ads, so the way you charge higher prices is is to have something that's, that, that's better targeted. Yeah, is to understand exactly who's there and make
1: sure like, and if I'm, and I mean, I, I'm assuming most people have either worked in a startup or worked in a company that's selling something and of course you want to put the product where um, someone is is there. Uh, yeah, I, I get it. You're right. Of course you're right. And it, it pays for a lot of stuff. It pays for the creation of lots of content. It pays for us being able to use Facebook and all those um, like google's can you I can't even imagine life like I don't know like i'm a i I get a little cranky with Google sometimes like the idea that they're selling contents of emails to advertisers, but I can't imagine life without Google and fundamentally it's advertisers that have paid for all that and and what's more if someone clicks on an ad and finds something useful then then like value being created again that i I don't like on principle i I don't ob- object to that it's the. It's the risks associated with companies having these vast swaths of data and what can happen as a result of it that I think is is what concerns me the most.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, just to be clear, I mean it concerns me as well. I, I do think, I do think, with all these debates, you you are just articulated it perfectly. What what is what is frustrating about these debates is when people hammer away on the downside without acknowledging the upside, uh, and acknowledging the the. <laughs> Unbelievable difference that Google makes in your life. It, if you don't acknowledge that in the same breath that you criticize Google, it's very hard to take your criticism seriously. Yeah, and it's the exact same thing with Facebook. Like again, I I think Facebook is really underrated uh, among people in the Valley, uh, but the impact that I think it's had on on normal people, normal people's lives, and the impact it's it's had, quite frankly, in my life, living in Taiwan, but staying in touch with people, you know, all, all around the world it's It's amazing, and I guess that's what gives me um, a lot more pause and a lot more sympathy for for their position. It's what makes me want to find something better than just like ads bad, private you know yeah. this sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. especially especially because all the all the downside here is all still theoretical for for by and large. You know what I mean? Like we, this idea of this being a profile is is very problematic and troubling. At the same time, there's there's zero evidence that Google or Facebook has ever provided the sort of granularity that would make it individually identifying. And well, it, I mean, the graph search, like maybe not to
1: advertisers, but they have let the cat out of the bag in terms of like doing that to people. Let me pose it a different way, though. Imagine if. Imagine if there was a so fundamentally the purpose like let's go back to what we said that that line that we talked about before, like you're the product, uh, not the customer um, imagine if there was a social network so so I, like whenever I see something on The my news feed. I understand that yes, they want to keep me engaged, but their fundamental priority is selling ads. So they'll keep me engaged in a way that sells ads. What happens if there was a social network? Like, I think of this research that that Facebook causes people to be less happy, right? Like, what happens if there was a network out there? The, where the priority was not selling ads but was actually like, this is going to sound batshit crazy and I'm going to sound like a crazy wingback communist, but like what happens if the, 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 the priority was user happiness? Like what happens if above anything else, every decision that the company made was actually not around selling advertising but w- what was going to make users happy? Do you uh, think it would look different from Facebook?
0: I mean, is there a prerequisite that the company makes money?
1: I mean, let, let's just let's just. I know you're you're absolutely right. We're coming back to Lo,
0: but like, no, it's it's critical because the the there's a few, especially with a social network. Again, social networks are by far the most problematic in this question because they they need to be free to be useful um and they also require tons of costs to run mm, and right. which which means it's very it's all but impossible to launch a viable social network without venture capital um again this is a bit there's a bit of a controversy around around Elo's as well and it's not going to be and it's so hard to build like there's no harder company to build than a social network company because there's so much you don't control. We talk about this in the context of Microsoft, like how they're in trouble with their platforms because they can't get developers. Right? You can't herd all yeah. the cats. Well, yep. it's like ten gazillion times worse when it comes to when it comes to a social network because you have to win over like people. But unless you don't win over people, no one's going to join. If no one's joining, you're not going to get any more people. Like it's it's it's. it's it, That the sustainability thing around the business model is only
1: an issue in the long run, though, right? Like, you don't need the ads. You don't need the ads to start at the outset. I mean, now assuming you like, there is the venture capitalists, and venture capitalists are hard nosed people. They want to make money, and they're probably going to ask questions around how you're planning on making money in the future. And advertising would be an obvious thing. But let's let's assume that it got off the ground. This notion of a social network whose whose priority was not selling ads down the road, but like whose whose priority was actually figuring out ways of making people happy.
0: Like, well, I, I don't think I don't think any network, social network, Twitter or Facebook or any of them started out with the goal of selling ads. Like, that's that that uh, I don't, th- and I I th- I would actually argue that every decision they make is about selling ads. Like, I, I think Zuckerberg is quite an idealist. I actually disagree with some of his ideals, Hmm. but I think for the most part, they see ads as a means to an end, a necessary means, and one which certainly has to drive certain product decisions. But I, it's hard for me to think that it wouldn't end up looking much like, much like Facebook. I mean, the reality is Facebook has been around for, what is it? Eight years now, nine nine Uh years. Um, And, I don't. It's hard for me to picture the social network that nine years in, having IPO'd, um, doesn't look a lot like Facebook looks today. Like it just seems inherent to a social network. And maybe the question is, should we have social networks at all? Um, But I, which I also find unsatisfactory. um, Yeah. Which is why I, I, I wish, I wonder if there's some other angle to look at this.
1: Well. Uh, let's let me try one last attempt. Like, imagine there's a rich benefactor who does who's who's who do, does to a social network what um, whoever it was did for the Guardian. Is like, here's a huge endowment. Don't worry about advertising. It, it's like you've got a you can invest the money and for what? Like, let's let's say they've got some star investor who figures out how to invest in the stock market and it provides enough money for this to get by. They don't have to think about ads. Is there some way of like, yeah, like is there is there a way? Do you think it would look different? And I, like, I, it kind of bugs me when I read that research, and it's like Facebook makes people miserable. And I wonder if if the priority wasn't around advertising and engagement, whether whether it would change. And maybe you're right. Maybe it maybe it absolutely wouldn't. But it's an I, I don't know. I at least think that's interesting to think about that in the same way that you said a low is consumer unfriendly because it's holding back features. I wonder whether on some level, Facebook isn't consumer unfriendly as well, because fundamentally their first priority is to advertisers. And maybe we have to agree to disagree about Zuckerberg because I don't know, I look at where the dollars go in terms of like how an organization figures out how it prioritizes as opposed to Perhaps the ethos of the leader, and maybe I'm wrong on that. Well, where what do you mean about where the dollars go? Well, where the dollars not so much go, where they come from. Like if the if the people who are paying you are the people who you the the people who pay you, like where the dollars come from, they're fundamentally in a business. The most like they're the ones that end up getting prioritized.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, our mutual friend Horace would, I think. Argue with that in the case of Google. I mean, he's been, um, you know, like I think he he's spent some time talking about like how strange it is that they don't seem to really prioritize advertisers in many respects. Um which I kind of disagree with, but it's an interesting argument. You know, I think you. I mean, maybe the rich benefactor model is the only way. I think that's a supremely unsatisfying. Answer. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Um, it's more like a thought experiment than a. <laughs> Well, it's than a, a real thing. So this is interesting because I mean, obviously, the rich benefactor idea is kind of most prevalent in journalism. Um, you mentioned the Guardian, uh, mm. or you know, the Jeff Bezos buying the Washington Post, or whatever it might be, right? Um, you know, and maybe there are certain there are services that uh, provide. I mean, what these are, what these services are, is they're what's the word? They're a public good. Um, and the problem with a lot of public goods is they don't make any economic sense, so like for example, like basic research is 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 a public good like mm. lots of people benefit from it, but you're very rarely going to make money from it right. so investing in it is 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 a public good and there's public what's the opposite of um there's public what's the opposite a public uh it's not public bad <laughs> but it's uh it's like pollution for example is oh, a, um where you're you're not like it 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 affects everybody. Externality. Yeah. Yeah. And externality can be both positive or negative. Yeah. Um or negative externality then. Right. So the idea is like basically the it's it's fundamental to the issue at hand that the money is divorced from like the effect. And these are the hardest problems to grapple with in especially in any sort of capitalist society, because we've talked about before that price is the best way to determine. Demand or or allocate supply, Out. but exactly. if but there are some scenarios where it is divorced, and there is an argument that journalism is one of those things, especially public journalism. Obviously, I've I've pushed back against that. I think there are models that that can work, um, and uh, maybe social networks is another one. The journalism is interesting though because uh, to tie. I said we'd come back to the feedback a little bit. um yeah. it was nice to get positive feedback i mean it 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 was nice uh, yeah I wasn't like it is nice. it's I wasn't nice. well, i mean, I wasn't like it it didn't like make me it didn't make me feel better in a way some of the negative feedback made me feel bad and what i and and I was thinking more about this, and it, again, feedback that's critical of my opinion or says I'm wrong or ignorant or stupid whatever doesn't bother me i get I get told I'm stupid all the time. Um, what made the feedback, uh, painful for me was it was a very specific attack on, it was a personal attack. I felt like, I, like you are, uh, emotionally needy, uh, you are rude, uh, you are a jerk. Like it it had nothing to do with, it was like attacking me as a person and not just that, but it was attacking me on, factors that i had been criticized for in the past that i was already very self-conscious about so it was kind of like pushing in on us on a in the chink in the armor that, that was already there and the reason i bring this up is not to gripe anymore but it especially the last few weeks like i've i felt it it's been very difficult to do this podcast it's been difficult to write on the website i would i've been like i didn't sleep well last night because i was worried that this ello article made me look like a jerk and um, that's not good. no it's not good and, and i'll get over it like it's fine um and I'll work through it, but it, it's been very striking because people will praise my business model and say, "Oh, you're not dependent on advertising. That's so wonderful. You're supported by readers." But actually, that has bad incentives too, and that I'm experiencing those bad incentives right now. Like I, I, I feel that much more worried about coming across the wrong way because what if I piss off? Paying customers or potential paying customers. Like a, a lot of people who are paying for Shotecri are paying for me because they believe in me and they and they're interested in what I have to say. And if they think I'm a jerk, well, that's that's actually costing me money in my pocket. And again, I, I I'm happy with my business model. I think it's I think it's there's a lot to be said about it. I, I've just been very struck personally mm. about how powerful incentives really are. And right. there are downsides to all kinds of things. And I, I go on and on criticizing, you know, Oh, yeah, stop thinking about the good old days of journalism because look at, we have access to so much information from all over the mm. world and it's better. But I, especially in the last few weeks, I've developed more of an appreciation for, um, it, it, for the fact that newspapers used to be monopolies and the, being a monopoly meant you didn't need to give a shit about what you wrote because right. you were you were the only place to go. And from an economic perspective, it was bad. And the reality is the vast majority of news that, especially people in smaller towns like I grew up and had access to, was crap. Mm. But there was an aspect of journalism. Journalists didn't have to really give a shit. And I, I, again, I think that was overstated. I think there's way more going on behind the scenes to edit stuff and yeah. cut stuff off than people admit and we had a ton of feedback on that episode like people you know saying james you're being way too idealistic like this happened all the time has happened a long time um but that said i i can get i feel much more appreciative of that sentiment um over the last few weeks yeah i hear you i mean
1: (laughs) i remember someone telling me once that it doesn't matter who you are everybody answers to somebody you know and I, I think what's interesting is when you start playing around with these business models, you start changing who people answer to. And I, I hadn't until you described that. Then I hadn't thought about. I hadn't thought about you switching from pissing off advertisers, potentially pissing off advertisers, to potentially pissing off readers or subscribers. Uh, I. I I don't know. I mean, uh, on a personal note, and when
0: I'm not looking for any sympathy, just to be no, 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 and I'm
1: I'm I'm not I'm not well. I mean, I I it's rough, right? Like, but I do think that part of what people enjoy about what you write is that you don't pull any punches, and sometimes that's going to mean that you, particularly when they they like you go after something that they're passionate about, that's going to mean that they react equally passionately, but I, I don't know, I wouldn't, (laughs) I wouldn't tone it down. I wouldn't let it keep you. I mean, it's easy for me to say, I wouldn't let it keep you up at night, but I mean, that's part of what I enjoy these, why I enjoy these discussions. And I also, I mean, I'm pretty sure after the last episode, no one was left in any doubt, but like you, you and I going at it the way we did, that's not, that's not us being jerks or me being a jerk to you or you being a jerk to me that's us as friends and the nature of this friendship and that we're comfortable like goading each other a little bit and having a really heated discussion and then finishing up and like like yeah that was fun wasn't it didn't we learn a lot I you know yeah and and we we cut that last little bit too (laughs) which probably people were asking us to release it
0: maybe we maybe we should yeah, well, maybe. Um, no, it, it, again, we don't need to rehash the particulars of yes, we disagree. I think people get that. Yeah. Get that now. I, the only reason, again, the only reason I brought it up and no feedback, and I assure my readers and listeners that um, I I'm aware my value comes in stating my unvarnished opinions, whether people like it or not, and and I know that, which means I'm I I this is this has been a speed bump, not anything that's going to change anything I do, and I think. This article and this podcast will hopefully reinforce that. Uh, the only reason I bring it up is just to—I feel like a theme for me lately. It's a theme in this L article. It's a theme in in a lot of stuff I've been I've been writing. Is I, I just believe more and more and more and more in nothing matters like incentives. Like incentives is, and it even goes back to our conversations before about disruption in big companies and why startups are sometimes better than an incumbent company to me all the the problem is incentives like all the incumbent company might have all this knowledge and all this expertise but they will always have bad incentives at least the vast majority of the time and i think it's super powerful and it's been striking to me someone who writes about this what an impact it's had on me again something i'm aware of i'm going to fight through but the, And so I only bring that up just to make the point about how powerful I think these things are. Yeah, I, I, I mean, the last time I said these
1: few words, we ended up talking for another 20 minutes and it ended up being the name of the, um, <laughs> the episode. But I think that's a pretty good place to wrap it up.
0: Yes, uh, my kids are home, so I'm incentivized to wrap this up as well. <laughs> Those powerful incentives, uh,
1: particularly powerful when they're a couple of years old and look as cute as your kids do. Well, well thank you.
0: Um. All right. Cool. Well. Uh. Yes. What's I, I do call? I am calling for a moratorium on talking about that episode anymore. I, I, I didn't want to bring it up again, but I thought it was really. Com- I don't know. I thought it was interesting in the context of, of this. Um. Yeah incentives, yeah. incentives are a big deal, and they, they matter to me. And hey, at least I'm being transparent about it, right? Yeah. Totally. Right. Like like I, I'm more worried about the
1: people that don't acknowledge that than the people who do. That's for sure. Like, like like
0: Buzzfeed. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were about to say like Rupert Murdoch. Come on! Ben. Oh yes, Australia. That's right. Oh, that's right. Exactly. So, so next week uh, we will not have an episode unless we mistakenly record a second one right now, which I don't think is going to happen. No, I, I yeah, I don't think so either. Have fun in Australia. I will, um, and I will talk to you in a couple weeks. Sounds good, mate. Take it easy. All right. Bye bye.